Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, this is your boy Christian. And uh, today, honestly, we have a really, really special guest. Uh, I think, well, for me personally, just because uh, I've, you know, going back in, in memory lane, he was pretty instrumental in the, in the love of soccer, especially here in the United States. As you guys know, from Argentina, I grew up over there, you know, soccer was my life. But then coming to the United States, it was a little bit different because, you know, uh, soccer in America at that time wasn't as big as it is now. But today I have, a co I can't even call you by a first name, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and call, call you Coach Helton. How you doing, Coach? How's it been? Hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me, Christian. It was good. Uh, it was great reconnecting with you the other day when we just kind of just randomly ran into each other there at the, the Bolt soccer field after that championship game. Yeah, so just to, just to let you guys uh, know out there, uh, I, I you know, with Sebastian Salazar, he's the owner and the creator of Volt League, and I do the play-by-play -play on, on some of those games over there. And Coach Helton had one of his, uh, one, not his team, but, you know, a lot of his uh, guys that went to high school with him, he's, he's a high school coach now, and a lot of those guys played in that team. So he went out there to support and, you know, just kind of watch the game, enjoy the game. And then later on in the day, you know, during the celebration, I I saw him and I was like, that guy looks familiar. And you, know, you start going through your brain. And I was like, I've seen this guy. And then I was just going through my Rolodex of faces. And I was like, that's 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 coach. And <laughs> and funny enough, I, I couldn't remember your name. But a couple months back, I was I was thinking about, you know, trying to reach you. And I actually went through the Facebook page of a, a bunch of the classmates from middle school because I was reaching out to my high school coaches to, to have them on the show. And one of them is, is going to jump on later on, uh, hopefully in a couple of weeks. And I was like, I wonder if, I, if I'm a, you know, if I'm what happened to the coach, what happened to him? I, you know, I remember going to the classroom and kind of waiting there for a couple hours to, to play games afterwards. And, and then it's funny enough, you know, a couple of weeks later, we were ran into each other and, I, and now we're doing this, but, yeah. um, I wanted to, you know, kind of get to to know your your story a little bit, you know, because you know when you're in school, you you know you see coaches, you see teachers, and you kind of kind of have them in in a different kind of level, right? You, you don't see them outside of school, they they you know they have a life outside, but you don't know that, you know, you just see them at school, right? So can you tell me a little bit about you know where your your love of soccer and your love of teaching kind of came came to be? Okay, yeah, so. I mean, I didn't plan on, you know, going to college. I didn't plan on being a coach. I didn't plan on even being a teacher. So it kind of just accidentally happened for me. Um, you know, as far as my love of soccer, I'd always played soccer growing up and everything. I wasn't really the best player or anything, but I'd always played multiple sports, loved soccer. My grandpa was uh, one, of my, one of my first coaches. He's from England, big Liverpool okay. fan, and got me really into soccer. He coached uh, some private schools and stuff in Houston. He actually – he helped start one of the first uh, soccer leagues in Houston here right after World War II with a bunch of immigrants and stuff. And he would tell me stories about just uh, they would play at Memorial Park and, you know, they would have like a German team and an English team and like a team wow. from like uh, from Mexico or whatever. And they would just kind of get organized and and play in their they, they made their little leagues and everything way back then. Um, this is way, way before soccer was really anything in the United States. You know, it was, it was way, way off the radar back in those days. But um, yeah, my grandpa really just helped me with that as far as uh, the love of soccer and uh, the love of coaching as well. So, <clears throat> so then I uh, graduated from college 
in my first job working at a middle school. And again, I don't have any any thought of wanting to coach. Um, but I hear an announcement, hey, the, the school soccer team is looking for a volunteer seventh grade coach. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I go down there after school, talk to the lady, find out she doesn't really know anything about soccer at all. You know, she just kind of organized the team. So I was in there and I was, uh, I really got into it and uh, helped her organize practices and, and whatnot. And uh, she was the head coach, but again, she really didn't know anything about the sport. So um, she kind of let me kind of run things there. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I moved to Revere Middle School where, where I met you. And uh, same thing, again, I wasn't, I, I didn't move there to be for coaching because in your middle school, you want to teach. And I was looking for a place that was a little closer to my house. and. Uh, I asked if they had a soccer team, and I met the, the assistant principal that you remember. He was from Columbia, yeah. Mr. Mr. Cardenas, and they had a pretty good soccer team at Revere. And I said, hey, man, can I, uh, can I help you out? Can I be your assistant? And he's like, sure, 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 and uh, got into that. And he, um, at that time, he was trying to become an assistant principal. So eventually I became the head coach of that Revere soccer team over there, and uh, where I met you guys, you know, with Christian and uh, – a bunch of your teammates and whatnot and uh kind of went from there and I just I really fell in love with the with coaching the coaching part of it and uh I had an itch it was like addictive man I really I wanted to learn more I, I knew I didn't know everything I was just like a sponge trying to just soak up as much information as I could learning from other coaches and uh from you know any anything I could get my hands on I was I was trying to get a hold of it now back then YouTube didn't have all the resources that it does now so it was a lot harder to to get a lot of information because YouTube is just an encyclopedia of knowledge nowadays. You're looking for stuff, but back then it was a lot harder. So I, I took some coaching courses and, you know, try to become the best coach I could. And then I had a chance to move up to a high school and where I coached uh, the girls at the, in the Fort Bend Elkins for a couple of years. And then I eventually went over, I stayed there for two years and I went to Cypress Ridge out in Cypress and I've been there for the past 14, 15 years. So I'm living the dream. Man. It's a great job, and uh, I love it. You know, <laughs> doing it for a long it, time. Yeah. So it it's been a while, and you know, kind of going through through the pictures that we just saw. I will post them up later on for everybody to see. But I wonder, you know, because I remember, you know, kind of to me, I I had just come to the U.S. early like 2001. So you know, my English, I was still kind of learning it and all that. And the middle school was a, it was it was a shock to me, right? You know, back in 2004, 2005. And uh, so kind of to you, obviously, you know, you, you're an American guy. And then in the school, you know, there was a lot of immigrant kids, a lot, you know, most of the kids that played on the soccer team, they're all, you know, Spanish kids. Everybody right. spoke Spanish. I, I remember that, you know, it was like our, our main language to, to most of us. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of us were still struggling, you know, I, even in eighth grade, I was still like in ESL classes and, and a bunch of those guys were in those classes with me. How, I don't know if you remember, you know, that far back, but how was it, you know, kind of putting a group together or having that group of, of young kids that maybe their life experience wasn't the same as yours, you know, and obviously you're, you're an adult now, you know, a little bit more about that, but did, did that, you know, were there some things that maybe caught you off guard of some of the things that the kids were doing or anything um, like that that you remember? Yeah, of course, of course. But I'll tell you what, what did help was that my, my wife is from Mexico. So I, um, and I've, I've been there frequently and and you know so I already had a, a big appreciation of the Hispanic culture and especially the love of soccer and stuff and uh I, I just felt uh 
I felt really connected with again the the the, the kind of kids that were at Revere. Um, you know, again, I couldn't necessarily have the same background as them, but uh, I felt connected with them just because because of soccer. And if that was one thing that can that can unite people is is a sport, you know. And uh, I never claimed to be an expert back in those days of soccer, but I showed you guys, I wanted to show you all enthusiasm that I cared about y'all and that I was passionate about it and uh, really wanted to work y'all to work together as a team. That was the biggest goal for me. And I think it gave you guys some pride in the school to be a part of something like the soccer team. And that's what uh, we try to give you guys the best experience that we could with that. <laughs> so I know that's, that a lot of y'all maybe didn't uh, know a lot of people outside the school, but y'all had that, y'all had the love for soccer. You know? Yeah. I remember, you know, our, or my eighth grade year, we actually went, und- I don't know if you remember, but we went undefeated. Uh, we, we won district undefeated. We only, we won every single game. We only tied one. I, I still remember like if it was yesterday, we actually tied Jane Long middle school. We tied mm-hmm. one, one. And I was so mad. Cause I was like, we should have, we should have beat them, you know, yeah. under perfect season and everything. Uh, and then there was a tournament that I remember half of our team kind of went to the Coca-Cola tournament and it was half of West Briar team, which is our rival middle school. Yeah. What, what, what do you remember about that? You know, that little tournament, you know, because we were talking about it a little bit. Yeah, that was a great tournament. I'm not sure when they stopped doing the Coca-Cola, but it was a it was a free tournament in Houston. They had them all over the country back in those days. Um, and yeah, so it was the coach from Westside High School, Coach Brown. Shout out to him because I know he's uh, he's still big in the soccer community, by the way. He is a former coach at Westside. And I know a lot of the players at Revere were going to go to Westside. And uh, he knew – so he was going to get about half his team from Revere and about half of his team from Westbriar. So he wanted to he wanted to see these guys play together in this tournament. So it was really his idea. So I, w- I was coaching that along with uh, – I believe her name was Coach Williamson from Westbriar. And uh, we, we, we she brought about seven or eight guys, and I brought about seven or eight guys from Revere. And we formed this team. And uh, it was fun. It was a fun little tournament, you know. It was it was weird playing with some different players. I'm sure for you guys, but uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't even remember how we did in the tournament. You remember? Uh, not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we played some really good teams. I know for sure. But uh, it was it was a fun experience, though. And uh, we did it again next year as well. But uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun little thing that because uh, I know a lot of y'all were going to be in high school together um, after Revere. So that was just a preview for for Coach Brown to see what he had coming in to, to West side for his incoming freshman. I, I know it, it's been forever, but do you happen to remember, you know, any of the names, any of the guys, uh, and I don't know, any memories that you can kind of remember to kind of run back there? Cause I'm sure some of the guys are going to see this. I don't know if you, if you oh, remember, yeah, I remember any, any stories. I remember quite a, I remember quite a few of the guys and I had, uh, I had a guy helping me out. One of the coworkers, uh, Rob Schindler, he was, uh, he was the mm-hmm. assistant coach back then as well and uh i told him about you the other day as well he we, we still talk about we still talk frequently um but uh he remembers all you guys as well i mean uh christian so he knew he knew right away who you were i showed him that picture of you the other day and he's like oh it's christian and he knew you were from argentina too man so That's awesome. you know it's been a long time but we remember you guys oh uh, yeah we remember uh Lionel, leo munoz uh yeah. Luis cadiz uh melvin rebus which uh, he's a he's uh and he's made his way up in the refereeing ranks. I'm yes, not sure yes. Not, but yeah. um, I had a chance to see Melvin a few months ago after one of my high school high school games, and Melvin tell, tells me he's uh he's becoming a professional referee now. So really awesome. proud of him. 
And Melvin actually, uh, he actually coached my son when he was younger. Melvin used to work for the Chivas Soccer Club that practiced at Revere, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my son that. played with Chivas for a couple of years, and uh, and Melvin was uh, his coach for that team as well. So, awesome. yeah, Melvin's another guy that I kind of – I've been in contact with Melvin quite a bit. I know there's another guy on there, Sergio. Um, gosh. Uh, yeah, Robin. The there, there were so many – there's so many guys out there. I could I could probably name off most of the team if you wanted me to, but <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, you guys are part of my part of my part of my journey and part of my memory, and uh, it was an important time for me. You know, it might seem like such a long time ago, but those are good memories. You know, and, and as far as me personally, that was just that was part of my journey becoming becoming a coach. You know, and those were good years, and uh, I look fondly back on those. And and again. It, it makes me happy that you can look back and you have good memories of those times as well. You know, oh, yeah. that makes me really yeah, happy. Sure. I remember, you know, your class was in one of the T buildings outside. You weren't even in the building. Yeah. And yeah. So I remember, you know, after, after class for game days, we would just go over there and kind of hang out uh, between yeah. school and, and the actual the reason, game time. The reason we did that, man, because I don't know if you remember, that was, that was really a rough neighborhood, you know, where Revere was. And we were afraid to let you guys like um, go unsupervised after school. Cause we had like two hours before the games. So we're like, man, we better, we better keep these guys busy. So we, we, we would sometimes bring you guys some sandwiches and stuff. We would right. make some sandwiches for y'all. We would show a movie for y'all or play some PlayStation or something just to keep you guys at the school, keep you guys out of trouble because that was a, a pretty rough area back then for sure. Um, but that was just, yeah. yeah, just a way for you guys just to hang out before the games in a, in a safe place. You know? Yeah, and I'm sure you know most of the guys appreciate that because because I, I remember those times. I remember you know I I wouldn't I wasn't allowed to go behind the school, <laughs> so okay. I, I I'm sure you know some of the guys remember those and they have stories of their own. But oh, I yeah. wanted yeah I wanted to ask about your transition from middle school to high school. Okay. Was that a, was that a big shock? Because I, I know you know high school soccer obviously nowadays is extremely competitive. Oh, you know yeah. I live in the Katy area, so you know the Katy teams nowadays you know they're you know, Seven Lakes just won the state championship yep. and it, it's getting huge over here. But, you know, back in the day when you when you made that transition, how, how was that like? Yeah, it was it was a little bit scary, to be honest. Um, but I was, it was exciting, but scary because I knew that I was I wanted to do that. I was at a point in my point in my life where I either wanted to become a high school coach or take a whole have a whole different career. I was thinking about being and getting a law enforcement or something else because I was still in like my late 20s, early 30s. and I wasn't sure I wanted to do this the rest of my life. And uh, I told myself, Hey, if I don't, if I don't have a, if I don't get a coach high school coaching job by the end of the summer, I was going to, I was going to do something else. And then they, I got a call from uh, the school out in Fort Bend for the girls. And uh, it was a long drive. It was like 35 miles one one direction. So it was a very, a really long commute every day. Then I had to also be the, the, ball, the assistant volleyball coach at this school, which uh, sometimes when you're, when you're in high school, and again, I wanted to I wanted to get my foot in the door in high school, you know, because so I eventually wanted to get back to coaching the boys. But I figured, OK, I can do this for a couple of years. I could coach girls. I can do assistant volleyball and make this long commute every day. And I did. And it, it was scary, I'll be honest, but uh, exciting. I tried to prepare myself as much as I could. Um, and, you know, it was totally different clientele, by the way. I was used to, you know, you guys at Revere, you know, um, kind of pretty much having to do everything and um 
and then I go to this other school at, at Elkins and it was a great, it was a good school, high quality school. But um, the girls there were very like, uh, I say upper middle class. And uh, mm -hmm. they, they had a lot of things that like you guys didn't have, you know, cause I remember a lot of you guys, y'all don't have a lot of parents watching y'all at the games. A lot of times y'all would just take the city bus home after, after the games, you know, y'all would go play, play the game and then catch the Metro to your apartment building. A lot of the mm -hmm. guys did. So it was a totally different uh, environment there for that. So that was, that took a little bit of getting used to as well. A lot of uh, parent, a lot more parent involvement, young parent emails about playing time and, you know, little things like that, that I hadn't dealt with before, you know, coaching at the middle school. So it was, that was an adjustment as well. And, you know, um, getting used to some of the rules that were in high school as well that I wasn't super familiar with. And, uh, but I was very fortunate that I was, I, the school I went to had a lot of really high quality players there as well. So we had some, we had some really good success when I was there for two years. We made, you know, I think second or third round playoffs every year. And we're very, in a very competitive district in, out there in Fort Bend. Um, and that helped as well, you know, that gave me confidence as a coach. But again, the credit to the players, because again, if you don't have the good players, um, and the players, it's, it's all about the players, man. You really, you know, you, the coach is there to help manage and help them play together. But uh, especially when they, when they get to high school, you can't be teaching things like how to dribble and how to pass. I mean, those are skills. They pretty much need to have those skills already by the time they get to high school. You know, and you, you work on, yeah, you work on on the, on the technical side for, for training and things like that. But they have to have, they already have to have a good foundation to be ready to play in high school. So, yeah, that was a scary, scary transition, but exciting. Did that for two years. The volleyball part of it, I'll be honest, that was, I did not like that part. But I tell these younger coaches sometimes, look, man, sometimes you got to, you have to coach a second sport, even if you don't know anything about that second sport, if you want to, if you want to be in high school. You know, so you got to do what you got to do sometimes. I know several uh, several head coaches on the boys' side started off, you know, coaching on the girls' side because, again, that's that's your foot in the door. If you really want to to do that, you 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 pay your dues, you you put your time in, and uh, you wait for an opening. And uh, I was fortunate there was an opening out in Cypress Bridge uh, after my second year, and uh, took an opportunity to do that. Now the problem was. Uh, they didn't have my teaching field. This, so this is another issue with uh, coaching in high school. Your teaching field has to match what's open. They, the only opening they had was a chemistry teacher at Cypress Ridge, and I was a social studies teacher. So that was a problem there. The, the guy, he wanted me as the coach. He liked, he liked my background. He liked what I did at Revere. And I, I'll be honest, what got me the job at Cy Ridge was having that experience at Revere because the, the kids that come through Cy Ridge were very similar to the kids that, that I coached and taught at Paul Revere very similar a lot of uh you know high hispanic population uh immigrants uh, some of them don't really speak good english uh, helped me get that job at cypress ridge that i had experience working with those kind of players but the problem was the teaching field um so I, i'll be honest that was i was scaffolding man i'm not gonna get this job now and i had a great interview they wanted me but they're like hey there's no openings so i said what can we do i said hey i can teach chemistry if you want me to and that's what they let me do. They let me, they let me teach chemistry for a year. Uh, I owe the principal a, a big uh, debt of gratitude for get, taking a chance on me. He could have easily just said, no, we're good. We're going to go with another coach that can teach, that actually is certified to teach chemistry. But they took a chance on me. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that, that they did that. So I'm in a good spot. I've been there ever since. You know, it's about 10 minutes from my house. So 
Perfect. Feel a lot closer to the community, you know, and the, and the drive. And uh, yeah, I said, man, I'm living the dream. And uh, you know, spend half my day out there at the soccer field every day, teach teach my core classes, and then second half of the day I'm outside of soccer. So you know, living so the dream, kids, man. That's my the highlight of my day is going out there with them and uh, being out there uh, coaching soccer. So I actually, I've been able to talk to a couple of uh, high school coaches, um, somebody from a 4A school, somebody here from actually Taylor High School where I went to, 6A school. I'm pretty sure you guys are probably 6A, right? 5A, 6A? Yeah, we are. Six, We're yeah. 6A. Yeah. So uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's different. A lot of kids, a lot of people, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on um, that, you know, really takes a toll. I mean, you've been doing it for years now, but, you know, talking to these coaches, you know, they have to like be really, really involved kind of in the life of, of these guys. Cause you know, to some of them, you're kind of like a second parent or, or a dad or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, you've been at Cyridge, you said more than 10 years now, right? Yeah. It's going on about 15 years, yeah. 15 years now. So in those 15 years, you know, what, I don't know if you, if you can share it, I mean, you don't have to, but you know, uh, maybe some like stories of like struggles that you had, maybe with some, some guys, uh, you know, just to kind of get that, you know, cause when you think of, of coaching, when you think of, um, just being a coach, you know, you think of a guy just being outside yelling at you and telling you what to do, you know, inside the field, but what they don't see about soccer coaches is, you know, you kind of have to be another person, you know, a dad figure on, on the side at times, you know, to a lot of these guys. Cause you don't know what's going on at home and stuff like that. So I don't know if you, if you can share maybe some stories that, you know, throughout your years uh, of stuff that maybe you never thought you were, you were going to do, or maybe you don't even do it with your own kids that you kind of had to do with these, with these guys, uh, you know, in your, in your schools. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God, that's to be honest, that's, that's the most important part of the job is those relationships you build with your players, the outside X's and O's part. That's the fun stuff. That's the easy stuff, but it's how, what you do off the soccer field that makes the most difference, you know, um, try to build like this family environment. And there's so many instances I could bring up every year with guys having to come to me, uh, you know, for different issues where it's, um, you know, coach, I'm worried that my parents are going to get deported and we have to, I have to miss some practice time because we're going to go to like immigration court, wow. you know, I mean, things, just things like that, or, you know, players dealing with, uh, you know, just, family issues. Hey, my family's, my, my, my parents are getting separated and, uh, guys dealing with depression and, you know, possible suicidal thoughts and things like that. And just having them being able to talk to you about that and, uh, let them know that they're not alone, that they, that they trust you enough to come talk to you about those things. Yeah. You know, those are just some serious issues that these kids are dealing with. There's all kinds of things these kids are dealing with, you know, outside of school and, I love the fact that, that I've built these relationships with these kids who come and talk to me about this stuff, you know, outside of, you know, I tell them it's open anytime. You come in before school, you come in after school, after practice, whatever. And a lot of them, they take me up on that. We talk about some heavy stuff sometimes, you know, and uh, I remember two years ago, it was after a soccer game guy, he'd been going out with his, his girlfriend for about four years and they had broken up, I think a couple of days before one of our games. And she ended up bringing a, another guy to the game. <laughs> and uh, he didn't even know about it till after the game. So there was a big ruckus in the parking lot. So we take him, we take him into the office and talk to him and stuff. And man, he's, he's crying. He's really upset um, about everything. And I'm in there with my assistant coach as well. And we, we stay with him till about 11 o'clock at night talking to him, 
about everything. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was, but it was important. I had one of my other uh, captains come in as well. So we had one of his teammates in there, me, myself, and then one of my, my, my uh, assistant coach, we were in there talking to him and, and uh, calmed him down. And, but it was just, that's just an example there of some things that we deal with sometimes. And, you know, I know we all had to get up for, for school the next day, but it was important that we stayed there to talk to that kid about, about mm-hmm. everything, you know, and just make sure he was okay before he went home that evening and that he was calm. So, I mean, there's, there's so many stories, like every year there's, there's different things that come up that you have to deal with. And uh, the important thing is just letting those guys know they have somebody to talk to, you know? Yeah. And I'm, sure. I'm very, yeah. And I'm very fortunate that I've been, I've had the same assistant coach for 15 years as well. Daniel can too. Um, he's, he's an awesome assistant coach and uh, we've been there together. We, we've helped build this program up and uh, I trust him with everything. And, you know, we, with every decision that I make, he's, he's involved with that. And when we, we talk to these kids, we tell them, Hey, you got myself, you have coach Cantu, you can talk to as well. You know, that way they have, if they don't feel comfortable talking to me. They can talk to the other coach as well. You know, yeah. so that's, that's important. So, so let, let's get into uh, the fun stuff, right? The, sure, the, the sporting sure. side of the things, uh, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll leave the, 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 the personal side uh, aside yeah. for a little bit because yeah. uh, it can get heavy at times. Right. Um, so you've been there 15 years. Uh, yeah. What what are some of the accomplishments that, that you were able to achieve, you know, like in the sporting side of things? Because I know, you know, like I said, K, the Katy area is competitive. The Cypress area is competitive. Oh, yeah. More schools are popping up. Obviously, you know, a lot of resources nowadays, a lot of boosters and, and all that stuff. So what what have you guys been able to accomplish in these in these years? Well, uh, again, I was real fortunate coming in that uh, Wasai Rich had never been to the playoffs before before I had gotten there. Um, but I, I was fortunate. I, I came in that first year and we actually won district the first year I was there. Um, so that was that was a big boost for the guys. And I was telling them, hey, man, we're going to again that come into a program that had, who had never seen success like that. I was I was super confident and co- maybe overconfident that I said, hey, we're going to get to the playoffs this year, guys. We're going to get to the playoffs. And the fact that we went to the play, not only made the playoffs, but one district that first year was super important just to kind of help propel the program in the right direction. Um, and then I'll be honest, we probably got a little too confident after that. You know, we won district that first year and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be easy, man. I got this figured out, man. No problems. Oh, man. We were in a tough district. Cypher is a tough district, man. Some really good coaches. It was very humbling next two years because we didn't make the playoffs the next two years after that. And then my fourth year, we this and this is this is a really special group to me because those are my first freshmen that I had. You know, they've been with me since their freshman year, and that was the year we we made playoffs again. But we we made it all the way to the regional finals that year. So we were we we were uh, one we lost one zero to Morton Ranch in the regional final. So we were you know one zero away from going to state that year. But um, what, do you remember was, the year by any chance? Oh, that was 2012, 2012. 2012 yeah. And we made this, again, we were like the third or fourth seed coming out, coming into playoffs. Nobody was expecting us to, to do anything, you know, only the second time in school history making the playoffs. But we upset uh, straight Jesuit that year. They were the number one team in the state. Wow. We upset them. And then uh, I think we beat uh, Seven Lakes the next round in overtime. And one of those, I'm not sure if you remember those old, uh, those old shootouts. Yeah. You start the ball off the 35 yard line. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> yeah. They were, they were yeah. a little, a little crazy. 
little lot different, lot different than penalty kicks are now. Yeah. So we did that. We beat them. That was an intense game. And then, man, the, the guys, it was just, it was crazy seeing these guys, just the confidence in them. We knew we had a pretty solid squad, but uh, we relied heavily on just playing good defense, good goalkeeping, kind of just a counterattacking kind of style. Cause we, we know we couldn't just technically just play with some teams like seven lakes because they, they had just loads and loads of talent. So we had tactically had to, we had to play to our strengths, you know, and uh, that's what we did. And we made it all the way to the regional finals doing that. So that was, that was a fun year doing that. Um, and then pretty much since then we've been, you know, uh, we're 2023 now. So we've been to the playoffs like seven years in a row. We've got, we've gone to at least a second round at least um, since then we made it back to the regional tournament. I think it was back in 2017 as well. So we've had some pretty good success here at Cy Ridge. Mm-hmm. And again, credit to the to the players coming in. You know, just we've had we've been blessed with having some good players who buy into the program and buy into our. our I teach these kids, and uh, it's been it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. So, so I you know talking to to other coaches and kind of seeing online, you know, there's a not a battle, but you know sometimes there's conflict between club teams and high school teams, right? Uh, how's that dynamic? I don't know if any, uh, you know, I'm sure some of your guys maybe play club or, or play somewhere else, but how do you navigate that, you know, as a high school coach? Cause I know it, it can be a little crazy there. Yeah. I remember when the, when the, when the uh, MLS academies first came about, probably I'm thinking that was probably 2011, 2012 around there. And they were, they said that if, you, if kids played for the academy, they couldn't play for high school. I remember mm. And one of our better players um, was with the Dynamo, Dynamo Academy that year. But that was another thing that really that, that happened to be the same year that we went to regional. Now, that, that that one player didn't play for us, by the way, you know. And I talk to the kids on the team about that. I'm like, hey, do you think if um, – I'm not going to say his name, but do you think if he had played with us, do you think we would have gone all the way to state? And they're like, well, Coach, I, they said that he, he – if we had had him, it might have affected our chemistry a little bit on the team, you know, because mm. that kid he was an awesome player – but everybody, since he wasn't there, everybody else had a chance to to grow and develop and yeah. not just rely on one guy. And they became a true team. So a lot of the guys come up to me and say, Coach, yeah, I was probably better if he didn't play because we we became a true team that year without him. And we had to we had to learn how to play without him. So um again, I understand it a lot of a lot of uh it affects all the high schools. And I know there's different rules. It's hard to keep track of, by the way, which clubs let kids play <laughs> high school and which don't because it seems like it's changing every year. Um, it used to bother me a whole lot as a coach, but I'm just now, I'm just like, you know what, I'm, whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm not going to beg a kid to come play high school. A lot of the time, the kids, the kids want to play high school because it's their friends. They want to play with their friends and, and uh, in front of their community, you know, and that's, but again, I don't want to have a kid. I'm not going to just sit there and, and try to beg a kid to play. You know, it's, um, I decided I'm not going to do that. The last couple of years, I'm just, whoever we get, we get. And uh, if they can't play, that's fine. But I always, I always tell them as well, hey, leave the door open. Maybe you change your mind your senior year, you know. If you want to come back, that's fine, you know. Um, I've had kids do that as well. They maybe played freshman or sophomore year, and then they, they said, coach, I, I can't play this year because of club. Okay, that's fine. You know, door's always open. You change your mind, you know. So we try to tell them just don't burn any bridges. Stay in communication with us, you know um that's that's the important thing and uh I've had some kids uh like last year he he told me he didn't want me mentioning him on Twitter or anything because he wasn't supposed to be playing high school soccer (laughs) and he was doing it on the down low 
So he's like, coach, That's if crazy. I score goals, if I score goals, don't like, don't post it out because I don't want my club coaches knowing about it, you know? So wow. I think that kind of happens quite a bit as well. You know, that's something that, uh, again, it's, it sucks that these kids have to make these choices like that, you know? Yeah. But um, I, so I just tell them, I just, again, I just, I keep in the, have a very open-minded attitude about it and uh, I don't get stressed out about it. You know, it's just, if they want to play, they play. If not, we'll, we'll look for the next kid. You know, we got plenty of kids who want, who want to play soccer at my school, you know? So yeah, there's no shortage of that, you know? That's crazy. Cause I think about my time, you know, I, I played high school 2005 to 2009. I played sophomore, junior, senior year, but I remember playing club at the same time. And I, I don't remember having any, any, actually my high school coach went to some of my game, my club games. And I, cause I remember I was playing stopper at in high school and then I was playing center back in my club team. And then he went and he switched me position. I was like, God dang it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to play center back, <laughs> but I was like, well, I guess it, it was better fitting for me. Uh, I honestly, I don't even remember what I played in middle school. Uh, I just, yeah. I just, I just remember I gave the ball to, to uh, Luis and, and Leo and I was like, just y'all take it. Yeah. I think we probably, I think we probably had you on defense as well, man. I think you were yeah. pretty, you're pretty likely. calm. You're a pretty calm defender back then. So yeah, I remember those days. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned like stopper sweeper and stuff, you know, and I know that that's not in vogue now to play with stoppers and sweepers, yeah. but I'll be honest, man, I've had some good teams play stopper sweepers, man. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got to be tactically flexible, you know, it's yeah. especially with high school because you don't know what kind of kids you're going to get, you know, yeah. um, how experienced they're going to be. Some of them might be very technical with the ball and some of them, man, you, this, this is their first time to even play on an organized sport, you know, so we gotta we gotta adapt as a coach you know to what's what what uh what's best for our players out there you know so yeah. we go stop or sweep or sometimes man hey sometimes that helps that works because a lot of teams aren't used to playing against the stopper sweeper you know yeah so those are old tactics and stuff but uh we yeah we've had some good success everyone when we've done that you know so i know i know some coaches knock that knock knock the stopper sweeper they knock that those tactics but i'm just hey man whatever works works man you know yeah <laughs> yeah day, no for sure know? yeah I, it, it's funny because I, I always tell people like you know i don't know if you see it too but in video games like the fifa games they've yeah. changed you know to me like the way people see soccer because i remember back in the day you know i grew up in argentina where literally every position was a number so you know if you were playing as a like if you were number two you were the right back you know the the not the right back the right center back you know, every number had a position, right? So growing up as a kid, you know, when people would tell you, what do you play? You would say a number, not a position, because that's what, you know, mattered. And then with the video games, you know, I hear kids nowadays, you know, young guys, I'm 30. So I, I call them kids. I'm 31. But I call it, you know, I, I see them, they're like, oh, what do you play? And, you know, they just say like Cam or, you know, CDM. And I'm like, what, what does that even mean? You know, <laughs> but the, it's because of the video games and that's oh, yeah. how they have it. Uh, you know, to me, it was like stopper, sweeper, left back, right back. You know, you play in the wings, you play forward, you know, with, with actual numbers and names. Right. Um, but, you know, you were talking about community. You were talking about, you know, the guys building relationships. You know, I saw you this past weekend. You were out there supporting some of the guys that you had, you know, in, in school at one point in time. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, I know you, you were there, you saw the game. I don't know. Can I get your thoughts on maybe what you saw out there in that relationship you have with some of those, some of those guys that won the championship for the vault? Yeah. Well, some of those guys I've been in, I've been in contact with some of those guys, you know, continuously, you know, we talk, chat every, 
every few months. Some of them, you know, some of them will come back to the school to give speeches to the kids, you know, but some of them I haven't seen since high school, you know, so it was really cool uh, just connect, reconnecting with some of those kids I hadn't seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, one of the players had texted me the day before that they were, they were having this championship game. And, but I had no idea that I had that many former players on that team. It was like, like a dozen of them on there. And uh, I was thinking it might just be one or two guys, but it was like, man, it was like half the squad was uh, former Cy Rich players on there. So it was like a little reunion for me. And I was really happy that I went and, and happy that they invited me to come, come watch, you know? Yeah. And there was one kid on the team, by the way, um, you were just to harken back to what you said about some of the, the personal things that were going, that you deal with, with the coach. One of my better players that I ever had, you know, be, he was a varsity player as a, as a freshman, but he ended up, um, getting a girl pregnant when he was in high school and ended up having to, I don't even think he finished high school. I think he got his GED and cause he wanted to start working. He wanted to take care of the family. We yeah. talked to him about it. I came out. I understand that. And I, I totally respect that, you know, um, cause he wanted to, he wanted to get start working full time just to make sure he was trying to be a good dad and everything. So, but that's, I hadn't seen that kid since high school. That's been, that's how long it was since I've seen him. So it was real special reconnecting with him but uh yeah just hearing about these guys you know some of them have uh some of them are married now and have kids and hearing about their jobs and stuff it's really uh man that's that's really makes my heart happy as a coach you know because you always I always talk to the guys hey man I want you to be be a, a good man 10 years from now 10 years after high school I want you to be a good dad and a good husband and a good dude you know and yeah. uh, you can look back on your high school days with with a smile and have some good memories and it it seemed like I'd accomplished that, you know, it made me really happy that these guys were all, they're all in a good place right now. And um, yeah, it was just, it was great. So the best, best part of being a coach is, is stuff like that, you know, getting invited yeah. to weddings and, uh, and birthdays and quinceaneras and, you know, baby showers and, and little things like that for your old players. That's it. That makes it all worth it. You know, at That's the end awesome. of the day, you know, yeah. and uh, well, to kind of finish off, I want to ask you some questions about, you know, just soccer in general, you know, I see you're a Liverpool guy, you know, oh, yeah. you, you're, uh, I don't know if you keep up with the MLS, but obviously you keep up with the premier, with the premier league. How did, how did you see your, uh, your Liverpool and how do you see your new uh, Argentinian coming in McAllister? Oh yeah. So Liverpool, of course, we're disappointed. We didn't make champions league. I uh, just feel like we just, we they dropped too many points early in the season. You know, they went on, they went on a tear there the last 10, 11 games though. My gosh. But uh, yeah, they they dropped a few too many points early on. The teams they they probably shouldn't have. Um, I think that uh, I like Darwin Nunez. But I don't think he. It took him a little bit of time to really kind of start fitting in with the club, you know. And I think that they really needed a little bit more. They needed more production from him. They really missed uh, having Sadio Mane out there when they lost him to Bayern Munich. That was that was a big blow there to Liverpool. Um, but they'll be back. They'll be back in the Champions League. I know that the Premier League is so competitive, man. There's so much more money in there now. With oh, yeah. the, like Newcastle now has new ownership, and they're spending a lot more money on players. Manchester United is back. Arsenal had a hell of a year as well. So it's it's super competitive, and man, I'll be Liverpool should be back, man. I'm 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 a diehard Liverpool guy, and uh, they worked too hard to get back to where they are, man. I got I have faith in the coach that they'll, uh, they'll they will they will bounce back strong. And with a new addition of McAllister, you know, he'll, he'll fit right in with, with the squad. Um, so I'm really have high hopes for them, for sure. Yeah. To me, personally, McAllister is the best Argentinian playing right after Messi, of course. 
I to me he's the best Argentinian playing at the time. So you know, hoping for the best. He he came out of my boyhood team, which is Boca Boca Juniors. Okay. So you know, wishing the best for him and oh, yeah. hopefully for so, you guys. <laughs> is, that, is that an Aston Villa jersey you have on? Yeah, there? yeah. So mm-hmm. I be I, I just became an Aston Villa fan like two seasons ago, two three seasons ago. Because okay. honestly, I wasn't really into the Premier League like that. And I was like, I was going through the teams. I was like, you know, I need to pick something, you know, to kind of stay on top of it. And, you know, especially doing the show where I talk soccer right. every week. I was like, you know, I need to follow, you know, at least have some skin in the game type thing. And I was looking at the teams, you know, all everybody's, you know, as a Chelsea fan, a Manchester United fan, City, you know, everybody's a new City fan nowadays. Uh, of course. And then... <laughs> And I'm a big history guy. So, you know, I see you are too, but yeah. Uh, so I like history and, you know, just seeing how, you know, Aston Villa was one of the first teams out there. The The president or the owner of Aston Villa was the one that kind of led the the federation to kind of put together the Premier League, what it would be today. So I was like, well, let's just go with history, you know, a humble club type thing. You know, they haven't won anything in forever. And, you know, I just kind of picked one and I was like, I'll run with it, you know? So now I'm an Aston that's, Villa fan. Yeah. Hey, that's that's better than seeing all the bandwagon Man- Manchester City fans. Exactly. You know, as a teacher, you know, we see, I see all the kids in the hallways, you know, 10 years ago, it was all these Chelsea jerseys because everybody was a Chelsea fan because Chelsea was <laughs> they were one of the dominant teams, you know, and they were all have Chelsea. Now, they, now those same kids would be wearing the Manchester City jerseys, you know? And it's true. So, you know, it's just the kids, you know, they the bandwagon jumpers you know yeah, there's, jump there's, on it. yeah there's exciting man like i said jj watt recently bought uh some of burnley yeah it's gonna be in the premier yeah. league now and all the hype about the wrexham and getting uh getting up to league one now so there's yeah. a lot of and a lot of people i had never seen this show but people tell me about ted lasso as well it's just it's, it's, it's a, a fun show yeah. it's a lot of uh popularity in soccer now and I, I, exciting times in houston man you know we have a we got we're hosting some gold cup games right this later this yeah. summer. And I know we're gonna have the world cup here in a couple of years as well. So man, it's exciting times for soccer. You know, Messi coming to the MLS. I mean, it's uh it's it's fun times, man. It's soccer's starting to take off and it's uh it's been here, it's always been here, but it seems like it's finally getting a lot more mainstream for people to, to be soccer fans now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of t- going back to your history, you know, your, your grandfather, you said he was one yeah. of the guys that kind of brought, you know, this, you know, competitive, uh, you know, structure in, in a way to soccer back in, you know, back in the old days after yeah. World War Two, you know, that's what, yeah. 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's kind of crazy. But, you know, yeah. seeing, you know, what your what your grandfather did, you know, back in the old days, you know, when soccer wasn't, it was you know, building up even worldwide, it wasn't even a thing, you know, everywhere in the world. And now, you know, you, you see Messi coming to the MLS. How, how crazy is it for you, you know, to kind of think back and be like, you know, my, my father, my grandfather was doing that in the beginning and now it's just soccer is exploding everywhere. I mean, the MLS is, is huge now. Yeah, I know it's, 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 it's just, it's just hard to, hard to put in words how much it's changed, you know, but, um, yeah. And I'll put the messy thing in, like, you know, when Pele came over here back in, like, the, I think it was, like, the 80s or early, late yeah. 70s, you know, that was it's very similar to that. But, I mean, just how much it's um, blown up the social media and everything, you know, it's just, it's just and the amount of money he's getting paid as well. It's just um, ridiculous. Crazy. And they're going to sell out everywhere he goes. They're going to sell out, you know, for Messi. Um, I'm sure if the Dynamo, if they wanted to, they wanted to rent out NRG Stadium, 
for the Inter Miami game. That would probably be a sellout for that one as well. That's something they should probably think about. By the way, they want to get more some more oh, tickets. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they're thinking about it for sure. Yeah, I mean it's just going to be yeah, it's going to be crazy. But it's uh, yeah, soccer is a good sport. I I love the history of it, man. Like the old tactics. Like I mean, just the history of the game. Like I read somewhere that man, they only they didn't even allow substitutes until it might have been like sometime in the seventies. They can actually, you actually had a sub because if they, it was just weird the way the rules were, and there was no offsides way back in those days as well. So the the formations and the tactics were all different. So it's just, man, I'd love, I would love to teach a course on the history of soccer. It's just a, a lot of cool stuff there, just how the game has evolved over the years and expanded, and the money's gotten involved, and you know, it's just uh, the television rights yeah. and everything. So yeah, it's it's uh. And then high school soccer, for instance, go back to that. Just it used to be, man, they would they would get the soccer coach job to like a football coach, you know. It was a second coaching job for usually a football coach, you know. Like it didn't matter if they knew anything about soccer or not. Hey, my my offensive line coach, he needs to coach a second sport. Let's just let's stick him with the soccer team. And that's the way it used to be back in the eighties in, in Texas. You know, a lot of the a lot of the soccer coaches didn't know a lot about soccer, but now it's like every school has a as a soccer guy now it's very rare that you have just a football guy that doesn't know anything about soccer it's so uh, they're all coaching it's it's made it really really a lot more competitive now as well and like you said there's so many areas in houston that have good soccer programs katie safair um, the pasadena area um out there in humble i mean there's so many pockets of good soccer getting played everywhere so it's exciting times man for sure <laughs> And just to, you know, finish off the conversation, once again, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Yeah. But last question I have for you is just what's next for, for you? What's next for Coach Helton? Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> to be honest, I'm just uh, enjoying my summer for now. And uh, we'll, have, we'll have some camps and stuff over the summer for some of the kids. But uh, I really use the summertime just to recharge my batteries, you know, mentally and physically. Just uh, get myself right that way when the school does start, you know, in August, i I can give hundred percent of my time and effort to the, to the kids, you know? So I really use this time really just to, to recharge my batteries, go on a couple of different vacations and things like that. And, uh, you know, and then, and then try to learn. I, I usually couple, find a couple books to read, coaching books to read over the summer and, uh, look for some interesting, you know, videos and things like that. I'm always trying to stay on top of the game. I know things are changing constantly with soccer. So I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm up to, up to speed on everything that's going on, tactical, tactically wise, coaching wise. If there's any new ideas coming out there that you know I need to be aware of, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna look into it. I know a lot of stuff is data driven now with analytics, yeah. so that's uh, another thing that it's that's just it's very time consuming, you know. But uh, that's something that a lot of people are are, are using now when they uh, evaluate teams and players are performing they look at the stuff like a lot of the data but um yeah it's just uh looking forward to getting back with my guys back when school starts but in the meantime yeah just uh resting up over the summer man just uh awesome. chilling out <laughs> talking to you <laughs> man catching up with some friends you know well mm. talking some soccer you know let's go so you know just to finish off i don't know if you want to let people know where they can kind of follow the work on, on Twitter of, of, of your team, of your school? Yeah, we have a we have Twitter account, uh, Cyber Ridge Soccer. Um, 
on there. I don't have an Instagram account now. I'm still a little too old school to <laughs> all that, all that new social media stuff. I, I have a Facebook and I have Twitter, man. That's about it. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, people can follow us on the, on the Cyber Ridge Soccer Twitter account. And uh, if anybody has to, wants to message me, if any old old players out there recognize me, want to say hi, just send me a message through that, and uh, we'll catch up, man. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, yeah, everybody, don't forget you can follow the show at Cuatro Cuatro Dos on Instagram. You can go to Twitter, find it as well there. YouTube channel, that's where you're gonna get this video and many more. So don't forget to check that out. Once again, thank you, Coach, for your time, and we'll see everybody in the next episode. Thank you, Chris.